tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount, and welcome back, everyone. We're back. We're back. Um, it's been a very fruitful summer for us, but, and we're excited to talk about our our precious our precious gang here. So. For real, we made a whole other podcast since we last <laughs> talked to you. We sure did, <laughs> because we don't know how to summer vacation very well. <laughs> I mean, true, but also talking about gay pirates is a very summer vacation-y activity, I think. This is true. This is very like true. Kind of at summer camp. Yeah. Gay pirate summer camp. Um, and if you all haven't listened to the gay pirate podcast about our flag means death, you should probably you should probably do that. It's a good idea. Yeah, would definitely 10 out of 10 would recommend. I think a couple other things that we should talk about before we start actually is like it's back to school season. So we're doing some back to school season y things. Um, I think that stickers are a very back to school thing because you put them on like your book covers and binders and stuff. Your, your laptop, your water bottle. How else will people know how cool you are, cool slash gay you are, if you don't have exactly. enough stickers to tell everyone? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So in honor of that, we're doing a thing where all of this, the like leftover stickers from our sticker club are available for this month only. There's like five of some and like 15 of others. And they're just available until they're gone or until the end of the month, whichever comes first. Um, and they're also buy four, get one free. So you should check that out. And also we're doing a cute Patreon thing where we're going to watch Heartstopper on Discord with our patrons starting next week as of you listening to this, September 20th. I have it written down. Yes. yes. September 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific going to be very cute yes we will not be making a podcast about this so the only way for you to get an in-depth uh, our in-depth thoughts about this is to become our patron so exactly what else okay also last week on the gaily profit feed we released an episode that i recorded with the hosts of the her dark materials podcast where we talked about demons and Patronuses, and I don't think that you need to know about or care about Harry Potter to appreciate how fun that episode was. And also last week, I was on an episode of their podcast talking about tarot and the alethiometer. So you should totally listen to both of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also at the end of this episode, we're going to talk about a really cool project that we've been doing for like the last 10 months. So... Uh, stay tuned after what is the final one is this just fantasy to hear us talk about that and that's it now jesse's gonna tell us what we're talking about today all right uh so today we are talking about chapters uh 32 and 33 of wayward son in which 
It is Baz's perspective. And Penny has mind wiped Shepard and also deleted shit off of his phone. They've stolen a car and they're off. They are leaving the area of middle America <laughs> to go through the mountains. Uh, Baz still feels off from, you know, being shot. But this whole kind of like crises is really just old hat for Penny and Simon who have who have fallen back in a child soldier soldier mode. Um, they're sort of meandering through the Rocky Mountains, partly to avoid Shepard and partly because you kind of have to if you're driving from, from Chicago to L.A. Mm, sorry, Chicago to San Diego without a wildly out of the way detour south. Simon, though, thinks the mountains are very pretty. And is possibly the only person still having fun. <laughs> uh, Penny and Baz decide they want they want to summon their luggage because they have no phones and no clothes and nothing but themselves. Um, they're both really too tapped out to try a regular spell. So they join hands and sing Amazing Grace, which freaks Penny out a little bit because superstition. But they manage it all the same. Baz, though, still is kind of rough because this trick has been a literal nightmare for him. Anyway, Penny's cell phone falls into her lap, and she has a voicemail from Agatha that cuts off ominously. Rescue mission unlocked. <laughs> Chapter 33, Agatha, uh, who is aware that she's in danger, but still mostly thinks she's being rec recruited for a cult. She's been moved to the members-only wing of this weird mansion, which sounds like a cross between Zillow Gone Wild and a mad, and a mad scientist lair. Brayden gets a sample of her blood, totally normal, and Ginger is a little bit jealous that Agatha is in deeper with these guys. Agatha ends up calling Penny after all her stuff is moved to the members-only wing, and then they totally take her phone because they are fucking dangerous creeps. Agatha is really starting to be get alarmed, but... Not as much as I myself personally would be at this situation. Yes. Um, one more note before we actually start. The music in this episode and all future episodes is different because we Spotify's algorithm flagged one of our episodes for using music that is copywritten. <clears throat> and um, so far it only flagged one song and honestly i'm just going to fix them as they get flagged which hopefully no more will get flagged because i'm very tired but because i want to avoid that happening moving forward we're, we're going to use this replacement which is really cool because i went on instagram and was like help and then two of our really wonderful listeners were like here you go and um they were both so talented that the track synced up perfectly so i didn't have to choose i just layered them into one beautiful sound i know and it sounds so good. <laughs> that is so exciting. Oh, thanks, whoever, what that was. Yeah, uh, Martina and Rue, thank you so very much for coming through in a pinch. Um, literally, I was like, please, we have 24 hours to fix this episode. And they're like, got it. <laughs> no problem. Here you go. So, oh, um, yes, we have the best listeners. And with that, we're going to enter. Easy come, easy go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Um, I don't remember if I've already said this. I might have already said this. But uh, like Baz, I am also scornful of oversized vanity pickup trucks. For what? Just why? I know. That's my first thing, too. <laughs> just like, he's like really, he's really got his finger on the pulse of America, which is like pickup trucks that are not picking up anything. Yes. 
Like, if the bed of your truck is not scratched to shit, you have no right driving a pickup truck. Yeah, especially I feel like now it's like people who don't want to have minivans, they just buy an incredibly large truck where the truck bed doesn't even make any sense. And I'm like, you're ruining the environment and endangering all of us in your giant car to not even have a functioning pickup truck. Like, I know. I know. I cannot tell you how glad I am that Evan was able (laughs) to find a van to use instead of a pickup truck. (laughs) Yeah. Vans make sense. You can do a lot of things in a van. And I don't know. It seems much less likely that if you get in an accident, it's going to flip over. So It's true. Very true. Oh, okay. So like staying on the cars, though, the fact that Simon wants to summon the convertible is like really funny to me because imagining this convertible <laughs> driving itself across the country <laughs> it's like really incredible that definitely sounds like an urban legend ghost story which is what would happen it would just like people would just be like yeah my like cousin sister's barber uh saw this like ghost car driving on the hot yeah exactly i know totally there would be like 10 podcasts about it like the next day <laughs> <laughs> Um, once again, I would like to spit on the mage's fucking grave (laughs) for getting rid of drama and also potentially more history and probably music. Fucking Davey, man. It's fucking piece of shit. What? Like what? And it sounds like those things are like, like the music and the drama, like you can use those to cast incredibly powerful magic. So like... Why would he? Why would he? That's absurd. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense unless part of it is so none of the students would become as powerful as he was, which LOL to that. Um, But yeah, yeah, actually, I have a whole thing about that once I talk about Amazing Grace. So yes, cool. Um, But just fucking Davey. I know. I know. I know. Agreed. Um, yeah, sorry. So I had that in Cotton a Landslide. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any of my points. I just, like, the last note that I had on it is, like, Simon wants to know how much of the, like, this world that he was briefly a part of he missed out on because the mage had gutted it. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And also that's, that must suck for Simon. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it process for a lot of people who were expecting to be like, oh, yeah, I heard about, and it's like, well, what are we doing then you know right right yeah yeah it's a tragedy uh actually my last thing here is that penny is like agatha is like a lamb who wandered away from the flock and i wrote foreshadowing (laughs) (laughs) yep wow yep (laughs) <laughs> um i have a couple of other things <laughs> okay that's all. um okay so do are you aware of the lady venture capitalist scammer who was like i'm gonna invent this this cool biotech software that's gonna be able to like you know diagnose people from their blood and it was all a scam do you have any idea no, but I feel like my like Hulu with ads has been showing me ads for a movie yeah. based on that lately. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's just like blonde lady and like a Steve Jobs turtleneck who just conned a bunch of venture capitalists because she was a 
blonde lady who like talked at like a lower voice to feel and just it's this whole thing it's ridiculous honestly good for her okay um so yeah so her thing was being like yes we have i have the technology to be able to do like like a lot of you know health scanning stuff with just blood and i'm like did she get this idea from this book because this is basically what brayden is doing to agatha <laughs> wait when when I when did, i do not remember if these timelines i did not look up to see if these timelines work out because i'm just okay. like when what because i'm like i remember the name of her company and i can remember the name of that lady and i was just like but i'm like this sounds familiar to me <laughs> this book is pretty recent it came out in 2019 oh but... yeah i think she was scamming before 2019 so but maybe it's the other way around <laughs> And then my last thing is, I'm just like, someone please, I don't know, sit to, sit Agatha down and watch like some unsolved mysteries or like something. Cause I'm like, you are in danger. <laughs> oh my God. I know. And I'm just like, and I think part of it is because you come from this sheltered background where you're not quite aware that you're that of, of like, of the red, of the depths of the red flags that are around you. Yeah. I have some thoughts on that also um hang on let me find them yeah so i think that at least some of this is like having been raised by like the kind of wealthy people that she was raised by where her mom kind of feels like any emotion is overreacting. Mm-hmm. And so Agatha being like, I feel fear, I feel threatened, is like gonna be at odds with this learned behavior of like, oh my God, don't be dramatic, Agatha. You know? Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Which is why it's so nice that the children of millennials are being raised to know that their emotions are valid. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I It's great. Everyone's doing a great job. <laughs> it's true. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Okay, so Simon is back in his element mm-hmm. here. He's in battle mode and... We get it. I love when we get this information about characters from the perspective of other characters Mm. as opposed to like from inside of them, because I think often we see each other more clearly than we can see ourselves. And so Baz is seeing this, whereas Simon's like, wow, like I feel better than I've felt in forever. Baz is like, wow, it is so fucked that the mage traumatized Simon so badly that he only feels like himself when he's actively in danger. Yeah. Yeah. I I also love that part because it is like, right, incredibly true and very observant of Baz. And yeah, it is fucking tragic. I'm glad that Baz thinks so because it's like, this is fucked up, yo. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. Yeah, that's all I have about Simon. Do you have anything about him? I don't have anything else about him. This is. I feel like this is a kind of like... It's felt kind of like character light ish, I think. Yeah. 
I have a decent amount about Agatha. Okay. Um, do you have anyone else? No, let's talk about Agatha. Starting lighter, I, I mean, look, everyone knows how much I love Agatha. I love Agatha so much. I love this phone call because she is calling for help. She's whispering in a closet, but like, that doesn't mean that she's not going to give Penny shit for like not respecting her boundaries. And she's like, I'm sorry I didn't call you back. And then she's like, actually, I'm not sorry because I did tell you to stop calling me. <laughs> like, it's so great and so funny. <laughs> I mean, as someone who is talking on the phone, I like deeply respect this. And also just being like, yes, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, but it's also really funny because this is totally one of those situations where Penny's like, Agatha would never call me unless this was an actual emergency. And it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Other things that she says that I love is when Brayden is like, don't you miss your friends? And she says to herself, I don't mind being, uh, I, I feel like I wrote this in the wrong tense in my notes and now I'm confused. She doesn't miss, uh, being chased by monsters and helping her boyfriend feel straight such a burn <laughs> right oh god i just love her oh uh, yeah yeah i feel like before making this podcast i never ever would have suspected that agatha is my favorite character from this series but i'm pretty sure she is yeah i guess agatha is an excellent is excellent is an excellent character i would read i would read another three books about her honestly totally she's like a mix of like cordelia and daria which is hot like what a great personality to have. yeah <sighs> yeah love a sardonic mean girl i mean not that yeah anyway yes i think yeah. you're right about the blend between like Cordelia and Daria. Even though Daria is also kind of a mean girl. She's she's just not a popular mean girl. Right, totally. Yeah. So yeah. And I I think Agatha is also saved by the fact that she's kind of only a mean girl in her head. You know, she's not ever like treating the people around her poorly unless she's in a situation like this where she's like flirting with someone and so the like being genuinely mean is being received as flirtatious attention yeah right so like she doesn't all the way count as a mean girl either she's just very judgmental but she keeps it inside so mm-hmm. where we get to enjoy it but. exactly <laughs> and you know as a someone with both my rising and moon and scorpio i like really <laughs> relate to this <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I also just want to bring up one thing, which is that I feel like Ginger is so excited slash slash jealous that it is also sort of helping Agatha kind of ignore maybe some kind of instinct that this is something weird that's going on in the situation, Mm. you know? Yeah. As opposed to just being like, actually, Ginger, we need to call an Uber (laughs) immediately. Yep. It's going to be $300 when my dad is a doctor. It's going to be okay. <laughs> totally. Yes. I feel like that's a really good lead in to talking about cults. So, All right. Let's, let's talk uh, about cults. Let's head to 
Face the Truth, where we talk about politics and things that are fucked up. I mean, she's not wrong that this is a cult. (laughs) Uh, And I'm glad that Agatha has, like, at least a passing knowledge of cults to be, like, weird compound, charismatic leader. And it's like, this is a trope for a reason, because there are... You could turn countless media about cults around dudes who are, like, charismatic that people are just like, yes, I will ruin my entire life to do what you say. So. Yep, definitely. I, um, I wrote Agatha is in trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with C, and that stands for cult, which is a Music Man reference for all of my <laughs> fellow musical nerds. <laughs> I have not seen the Music Man in a long time, so I do not get that reference, unfortunately. Originally, it's, uh, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool, because the pool hall is where all the kids are getting in trouble in <laughs> Erie, Indiana. Ah, uh, yes, the pool hall. <laughs> um, this is way worse than a pool hall. She is, in fact, in a, like, windowless hallway (laughs) surrounded by medical testing. Um, I love that she, like, imagines Brayden, like, unraveling her DNA and selling it off for parts and thinks that she's, like, being euphemistic. But in fact, that is literally what he is doing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, you shouldn't be so glib. That's literally what's happening. And it's, yeah, and... Yeah, her, like, being so cavalier about Brayden being like, oh, I bet you didn't even know, so you took your blood. And I'm like, cool, you could have... You're supposed to sign a form? Like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna just be doing this? And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's definitely something you should give explicit consent for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like, this is like some textbook cult stuff, including... I have something else, um textbook cult stuff which is um i mean basically like uh food restriction as a way of like making you sort of off kilter and like your brain kind of fuzzy and uh and i bring that and i bring that up because at the very end of this chapter what is what does she get for breakfast tough porridge with raisins and vitamins yeah there's probably nothing in there it's just porridge and raisins and vitamins or quote unquote vitamins. Who knows what's in there in those vitamins? Right. And I'm like, that's another like just almost like textbook example of how you can brainwash someone into being really more in depth into your cult. I mm-hmm. mean, the only other thing would be if they were like getting up every like three hours because it's like humanity is only supposed to your, your body is the most actualized on catnaps, you know, body hack, whatever kind of stuff. And that's also a thing that cults do. And, uh, you know, and it's just like, yeah. oh. <laughs> I know, I know. And then playing it off as like clean eating. It's like, no, you're in a cult. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think part also of what helps like contributes to her being able to be like but it's probably fine is like the amount of trauma that she has from this sort of more uh active danger that she was in all the time with simon and penny that like 
this is su- such a chill danger that it like probably barely even registers as danger. You yeah. Know? It's not trapped at the bottom of a well that's rapidly filling with water danger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is true. This is very true. Um, and I mean, and like, you know, Brayden is also very charming. So she's still like kind of charmed by Hannah. It's kind of just like, oh, maybe just tech bros are this weird, which I would definitely believe. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that after a certain amount of money, it's just weird tech bros drinking Soylent and like sleeping three hours a night and just being like, I'm at my, my, my peak. And it's like, are you sure it's that? Or is it depression and an anxiety and a, and a like eating disorder? Cause I'm like, the line is very fine. Right, right, right. Hey friends, just a heads up that we are about to get into a conversation about disordered eating that is maybe heavier than you might expect from the content of the chapters, which is why we're giving a content warning. If this isn't a conversation that you want to listen to right now, go ahead and check the show notes for the timestamps for when to skip forward to. Brayden's dietary restrictions are speaking as someone with like so many dietary restrictions between me and my partner like there are so many things that we don't eat because like one or the other of us can't eat them but like all grains meat nightshades and dairy is like when agatha's like what does that leave that is a legitimate question that is and i and honestly that's why i was like this sounds more like an eating disorder than an actual like a cleanse because i feel like and if i think of any i can we can put it in the show notes but i definitely have read articles about like the ways the like the ways that like diet culture like pull in men and part of it is through this like sort of clean eating body hacking sort of like woo woo alternative things um that are less about i don't know a flat stomach and a you know it's and more about the sort of like you're gonna feel so great in your body when you do this thing and i'm like are you because <laughs> it right. really just sounds like might as well just be one of the diets where you're just like weighing all your food and like restricting your calories to like 500 calories a day which is not at all a sustainable survivable amount of no energy for your body no yeah no totally yeah i feel like one should only restrict like remove foods or food groups from one's diet if they make you ill like or if you're like for a short period of time trying to figure out what makes you ill like if you yeah you know chronic illness you have no idea because you just always feel terrible sometimes you have to go down to a very small amount of things and then add things back in to try and pinpoint like once you know what it feels like to not feel sick but like that's temporary you know yeah but if something doesn't make you sick eat it unless you hate it that's fine too (laughs) right (laughs) yeah cucumbers don't make me sick but they make me viscerally angry i'm never (laughs) eating a cucumber (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I felt that makes sense to me. Yeah, like, I don't like eating peas. It doesn't mean I'm going to be like, no vegetables off of a vine. Right, exactly. <laughs> Though, I mean, obviously in this case, we find out that this dude wants to live forever. So it's definitely a sounds like a bit of like, I can clean eat my way into good health. And I'm like, that is a goddamn lie. It's just so funny because he's literally already a vampire. So like biohacked my man like <laughs> you did it <laughs> you can stop now <sighs> yeah i read that and i just like felt sad <laughs> totally yeah Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. Okay, so I only have one thing here, which is Penny and Bass have a really brief sort of uh, theory of magic back and forth, where Penny is like, I'm sorry, you want to use a him to summon our luggage? It's sacrilege. And he's like, it's superstition. It'll be fine. Whatever. And so, which I find like wildly fascinating and also a little bit like, I guess you don't, like you don't, I mean, you don't see anyone like using like things from like the Bible or like, you know, the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure probably part of it is not to like, as a writer, I wouldn't want to go down that rabbit hole either <laughs> personally. But I'm kind of like, in this world, does magic disprove the the existence of a single god? Or is it just kind of like mages are like, we're not going to concern ourselves with that. <laughs> Hang on. I'm a little bit stuck. Have we really not seen a single Bible spell? Yeah, I don't think that so. That seems wild. There would be so many. There are so many things from the Bible that we just use all the time. And like, you could go your whole life never knowing it was from the Bible. Yeah. Like, an eye for an eye is probably, like, a terrible battle spell. So, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, an a, like internal community thing where it's just, like... Because, like, yeah, because it seems like that would be, like, such powerful magics would be, like, religious texts. <laughs> right. Okay, so I just searched in my, like, notes app for Bible... And the only one, only thing that comes up is that the ritual that the mage used to make Simon, the Bible was one of the things that he Mm -hmm. used spells from. But that's the only, that's the only one. So maybe it's sort of like uncontrollable or something. Cause I mean, Penny has some anxieties about using this as a summoning spell, you know, to be like, it's mostly just vibes. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. Um, which is a really funny thing to say about the song Amazing Grace, but I'm like, yeah, I guess. Um, okay, here's my guess, is that this superstition, because, like, what I noted about that is, like, it is canonical that mages don't fuck with Christianity. They don't believe in it, they don't know about it, mm. like, they're like, what the fuck? Mm. So maybe the idea, this superstition is based in, like, persecution by Christians. Mm. And, like, the idea of, like, using 
their texts is, you know, at, at some point would have become both really scary to use because like, you know, these people are actively trying to exterminate you. Yeah. And so it seems like there's a lot of risk there and things going wrong during that mm-hmm. period. But then also like, it's something that would like make them angrier too to like see you using their texts in that way. Yeah. So I can I can see that superstition being rooted in a real safety thing and then just like sort of persisting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Europe did love their winch their their witch hunting. So Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I feel like bigger picture, there probably are mages that do use religious texts because that seems real weird that there wouldn't be especially like maybe like in the u.s where everyone's just sort of scattered regardless um and if you think for a second there aren't some like baptist preacher mages like in this you know doing their thing like then (laughs) oh my god imagine a like charlatan pentecostal mage preacher like doing snake handling I mean, seeing any video footage of like mega churches, you're sort of like, what? What? It's kind of like, are you under a spell? <laughs> totally. Oh my God. 100%. Because it's sort of like, my brain just doesn't compute about any of that. Um, so I'm just kind of like. I know. Welcome to I'm Just a Poor Boy, where we talk about ways you can support our podcast. And I want to start by thanking Jules from Texas, Bristol, and Bogwitch for your generous donations that you have left us over the past three months while we've been away. You're all the best. Uh, yeah, uh, we also want to thank everyone who became a patron this summer. We took a hiatus from this podcast and the Gaily Prophet to make our gay pirate podcast and everyone's been so great and we're so close to both of us making $20 an hour which is incredible and uh give yourself a hand pat in the back and uh you know for folks that are curious about our about our patreon or you know want to watch hard suppers with us uh, among other cool things, you can have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash thegaleyprofit. Any numerical amount unlocks all of the things because fuck capitalism. Exactly. Uh, you can also support us by buying our merch, including, as we mentioned at the top, the leftover stickers from our sticker club this month, which is at hashtag ruthless.com slash shop. And there are free ways to support us, like rating and reviewing us on iTunes, following us on Twitter and Instagram at The Gaily Prophet, telling all of your friends, lovers, and enemies about our show, and uh, mostly just continuing to listen, because that's that's the best way all of you can support us every single week. Yeah. Yeah, without all of y'all, we would just be talking into the void. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Welcome to Sun Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. I really only have shirtless Baz, even though he's looking a little bit rough. But from the back, according to Simon, he's looking (laughs) great. (laughs) This is true. 
This is very true. It's contrasting gray skin and <laughs> wet black hair dripping down his neck. Like, Simon is here for it. He sure is. Um, he's also very into Baz singing. Which is very cute. It is so cute. I really liked that. These boys are just so in love with each other. I know. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. We get some cool spells this week. We get some cool spells this week. All my things are about Amazing Grace. <laughs> By the way, I did not write down the rest of them. Okay. Uh, so if we want to talk about those first, we can definitely do that. Sure. So we have Six Ways to Sunday, which is the spell that Penny uses to wipe Shepard's memory, which Baz says is almost always excessive. And probably Shepard won't even remember his own name when he wakes up, which is a wild spell. Yeah, something about that. I mean, like, obviously, they're at this point, they're not even trying to, like, do anything legal at all. It's just a free for, it's just like a free for all. But I'm like, that does not sound like a thing that should be legal. No, agreed. It definitely should not be legal. But I bet there are no laws against anything in the U.S. Oh, yeah, pr- <laughs> <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, and then. They also, before casting Amazing Grace, they, Penny raises the idea of using Lost and Found, which is also a cool spell. It does seem like that would be really, I don't say like vague, but I guess if you're going to be focused on like, I lost my keys or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a super useful, uh, I have ADHD spell, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Evan has, like, a photographic memory, which I know I've said before. Um, So he's kind of my own personal lost and found spell (laughs) because I can just, like, text him at work and be like, where is fill in the blank? And he's like, I know exactly where that is. Um, Whereas I, like, (laughs) so we only have a mini fridge. And that means that it, like, doesn't defrost itself because it's not intended to be your all-the-time fridge. So, like, once a month we have to take everything out and put it in the cooler and, like, unplug the fridge and let it defrost. And I was supposed to do that yesterday. And so he, like, put the cooler in the middle of the kitchen to remind me. And I literally just walked around the cooler all day without in any way, like, registering that that was... like that that was a thing that it was there like nothing that (laughs) makes sense to me (laughs) why didn't you write it on the mirror like you thought that putting something (laughs) where i could easily see it would remind me of anything yeah i keep lying to myself and saying like i'm I'm gonna put this where it's visible so i won't forget it and then it immediately just becomes part of the scenery of the apartment and i'm just like the the what the what thing i know (laughs) i know exactly (sighs) yeah Okay, let's talk about Amazing Grace. All right. Uh, I did a hilarious amount of Wikipedia research for this. Um, but honestly, all right, let's start with my research first, and then I'll go to the actual spell part. So Amazing Grace, uh, Baz calls it a hymn. It's sort of that and more, I think, at this point. Um, just because, I mean, obviously written as a hymn by some white dude in the 1700s became very popular in the U.S. and churches. And then, like, in the 40s, a bunch of, like, famous musicians that weren't related to church 
did recordings of Amazing Grace. Um, and it's kind of around this time that Amazing Grace sort of became synonymous with like black people and like black culture. Um, and especially I found out that it was often sung at like civil rights marches and like anti uh, Vietnam protests, along with just being sort of like a folk music staple after a while. Like, uh, Artie Gunthrie had like did a version at Woodstock, and like Johnny Cash has a version, and like Elvis has a version, and like Aretha Franklin has a version. Um, and as we kind of know now in the United States, sorry, I, like the first two people that you said just do not have the vocal range to do that song justice, and I am so curious about that. Sorry, I just like I know short circuited. Yeah, I was like Johnny Cash. I know, right? <laughs> it's like monotone. What are you doing? I know. I cannot. I yeah. I did not look up that version. I'm sure it's on Spotify. But I was just like, I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> and yeah, and like now in the U.S., it's a very popular choice for funerals. I was actually thinking about it in this regard, and I'm like, considering that I think so many people in the United States probably know at least one or two verses of Amazing Grace, they should have been able to have drug that car. <laughs> <laughs> using that song like yeah. i almost you're in elementary school i'm sure a lot of people do of course obviously in church um if you've ever been to a funeral and i just feel like it's such a part of like american culture that i'm kind of like yeah like <laughs> the amount of things that should have summoned at like them at one time it should have been incredible <laughs> just, like brings like their entire home over from the uk <laughs> there i hope I guess I have to assume, because you're 100% right, that they were focusing on specific items so that that spell didn't just go haywire and start just, like, yeah. willing it like Micah shows up. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think this is one of those things where it's like, I'm not sure people outside of the U.S. are aware about how common of a song this is and, like, how much people who probably, like, aren't church people aren't christian probably no lyrics to amazing grace you know um my last fact is that the library of congress has over three thousand different re- different recordings of amazing grace jesus that's a lot that is so mad i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> this shit is wild Ah. <laughs> uh interesting they picked a good choice interesting i know i like didn't know all these things and i'm like what (laughs) i like i guess piggybacking off of that really i think i am as interested as penny in the fact that their ancestors cast casted cast Cast. in choirs like I mean, that makes perfect sense. I feel like part of me, like, knows that, you know, like, druidic chanting is basically casting in choirs and stuff like that. Um, But that's so fucking cool. And also, it's, like, sad that that they, as a society, like, don't have that anymore. And, like, American mages even more so. I mean, I assume that is a thing that got lost with colonialization. Because I feel like there's, like... I just feel like there's so many cultures that use like music as medicine and healing um, and like magic for lack of a better term that it seems like this would almost nearly be a universal but I'm also kind of like yeah but then European colonization stamping all of that out 
makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like I said American that immediately like was like eh, that's incorrect. And I think this is like one of those you know Rainbow Rowell is a white lady things. But because I feel like in the U.S., obviously, like indigenous cultures are still going to be using music. And I also feel like black culture, like there's no way. Yeah, that, I feel like there's no way that black mages are as separated as how Penny is depicting sort of like all of American mage yeah. society, because like that is like based in an understanding of like America as like universally like white suburb people right (laughs) yeah it's just not accurate yeah no i definitely agree that like like black people and like latino people would still be using music to like cast for like for magical purposes unless i mean assimilation means and i mean unless assimilation of trying to do a more european british style of like like we see with micah yeah right yeah yeah, and I mean, obviously, I think this is just, yeah, like you said, like one of those limitations that just come up against the fact that Rainbow Raw is a white lady TM um, and, like, maybe not as interested or able to, like, really think about the broader implications of her world building, so. Right. But. Um, and then my last thing is, like, sort of our... Um vampire watch you know we we see what happens if a vampire gets shot with a shotgun um you know baz has sort of physically appears to have mostly healed in around 20 hours but he is also very clearly not fully healed that he's not feeling well yeah um we don't know what's going on inside of him because he doesn't know what's going on inside of him. But, like, yeah. it's not killing him, you know? Yeah, the fact that it seems like he feels some of the buckshot, like, in his body, I'm like, oh, you should have maybe asked Shepard if you should remove that. Because <laughs> I think he would have told you maybe you should just cut cut it out of your body. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna, if you, if you have vampire healing, you'll probably be fine. That just seems deeply uncomfortable. So... Yeah, but how deep does it go, though? You know, I don't. Know, I guess. I guess that's true. I guess it depends on where he was shot at. Because I think it's like all over his chest, and if some of that went like really deep, I don't know. I wouldn't want my, you know, fellow nineteen-year-old peers like rooting around <laughs> in my chest. That's true. I guess I was envisioning if they're just like under the skin. I'm just kind of like. But don't they use that to like hunt deer? I don't know a whole lot about guns. Yes. I guess it sort of depends on the size of the pellets in the shotgun. Because you can have different okay. size pellets. So I guess it depends on like how big the buckshot was. And like he was pretty close, so like he probably got a lot of it. But Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So um thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Next time we're reading chapters 34 and 35, but right now don't go anywhere because we're going to talk a little bit about this project that we've been working on since December of 2021. That's a long time now and That is that's like 5 years ago. 
Yeah, it was basically more or less. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> so long ago. Oh, truly, yeah. So um, we've been working with Fandom Forward and Black Nerds Create and a host of other rad creators as part of a fan activism coalition to put together these like guidelines for best practices in the fan activism community it's basically a guide on like how to participate in fandom as ethically as possible and you might you listener might not feel like it but you are in fact a fandom participant because you are listening to our podcast right now which means it's a guide for you and we're going to talk about it yeah and uh if you're also gathering online or in uh, IRL groups with people over fandom stuff or like a book club or whatever like the guide is also really excellent just to you know give you some idea about how to keep uh, a space that is open for all and um, how to deal with conflicts that arise because getting bringing people together means there'll be conflicts it's just like really cool and I will link it obviously in the show notes everything is always linked in the show notes for all of you to check out but like yeah i feel like even if you're not like leading anything it's kind of just like a guide for how to not be a jerk um yeah <laughs> which i think is helpful for all of us yeah a very useful skill to have both in real life and especially online where people like to forget that there are other humans on the other side of the comments and things that you are discussing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's really great. It's real rad. Um, you should definitely check it out. We worked very hard on it. <laughs> we sure did. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. And we will uh, talk to you again in two weeks. And until then, Scott-a-moosh. Scott-a-moosh.